a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this very cool episode, guys, we have Louisa Firethorn joining us. Now, she is the inventor and creator of the Sonosphere, which will be located down in the show notes. Make sure you guys check her out. Truly remarkable. She is doing sound as a medicine. It's this vibroacoustic therapy absolutely fascinating. Now, I'm going to announce here that I'm not going to spend much time in the opening show notes for you guys, and let's get to the episode kind of thing, and trust that you are going to be respectful enough to listen to the affiliate information afterwards. So, let's get right to this incredibly cool episode, guys, with Louisa Firethorn. Welcoming to the show, we have Louisa Firethorn, super awesome name, super awesome chick. You have a super amazing invention that you are either gifted by or inspired to create, uh, probably a little bit mix of the both, but I am fascinated by you, fascinated by your work and what you've done. I'm super excited to introduce you to my audience. So if you don't mind, for the folks that don't know you as well as I do so far, please just let them know who you are, Louisa. Thanks, Brandon. I'm really excited to be on on your show. Thanks for having me. Um yeah, so the Sonosphere is my passion project. It's my life work, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a baby too. It's um, something that I ha- have a lot of, um, just a lot of passion and endurance and uh, dedication to. Um, it's life and it's um, unfolding, and it started out in two thousand two. The Sonosphere was a concept that I created for my senior project at Western Washington University for my um, bachelor degree. And it started out as a installation art project that also had a sound element. Um, I went to Western, um, I went to Fairhaven, which is a college within the university, and it's a college where you can design your own degree. Um, I was not able to choose between the art the music and the science departments because i'm equally passionate about all three and i just couldn't imagine my life without one of the without all of them all three of those um so i chose to do a degree program where you can design your own degree and i set out to combine um subcategories from art music and science and it all culminated in a final um, what's called a concentration that uh, mine was called transducing human consciousness through art, science, and music. And the challenge to doing a self-designed degree is that you also have to design, you know, when you do your final project, you have to integrate all of the things that you are interested in. Um, And it's a really big challenge. There's about a year of writing that leads up to this project and what it's going to be. And uh, it was really hard to, to figure out what it was going to be. And I swear it was like a couple of weeks before the due date, 
you know, I'm still, I got nothing and I'm trying to figure out what it's going to be. And I had a dream about, um, and it, it was weird. It was like somebody sitting in this chair in outer space and there was a sphere spinning around the person in a chair and there were speakers strapped to the chair. And that was like the most like literal interpretation that my subconscious like fed to me at that time. And that's pretty much probably all I could have understood at the time too. But so I took it really literally and I went and I asked my dad who um, helped pioneer the satellite dish industry. I told him about my dream and I said, would it be possible for someone to sit inside of a sphere that's spinning? And he, you know, having done a lot of satellite dish construction, he immediately said, yeah, it's possible, but you're going to need a pole in the middle. That's what satellite dishes have is this huge pole. These are the ones from the 80s that are like huge. And, um, you know, they're, they had these massive motors to like point them to different galaxies and stuff. And um, so we the, the first sonosphere was built with a pole in the middle so that I could make a platform, which at the time was an upside down pyramid attached to this pole with the spinning sphere around it. And at the time I didn't have a motor. So I was literally just spinning it with my hand. Um, is like a, you know, interactive installation. And I went to like, like Sam Goody at the time. This Hell was like yeah. 2002. I got um, some like really crappy speakers and that's all I could afford and like put them on there. And um, I bought like two of these little tiny systems to like, so I could get like an array of speakers. And I, I bought some of those like plasma spheres that you, know, you put your hands on those balls and like the little lightnings go to your hands and stuff. I put ribbons on it. I put glass. I put like, I made it like an art, you know, oddity, like an installation. And my professors loved it. It was like really well received. I got, I got it put in the uh, university gallery for a month. Um, my, our family friend, um, Tom Robbins came to try it when it was in the gallery at the university. Um, and, you know, my, my whole family just thought it was really cool. But, you know, after that, after I graduated, it was kind of just like a fizzle out, like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what's going to happen to it, but there I did that. Um, and I decided, you know, sometime around 2008 to take it to Burning Man. So I, I took it to Burning Man and I, I experienced some of the destruction that the playa provides and I ended up having to leave part of it there and I burnt part of it because I was so frustrated. <laughs> and I came home with like half a sonosphere and a destroyed sound system. And um, I was pretty much ready to give up when uh, my phone rang in my back pocket. And I'm, and I sh I'm not kidding. It, this was so random. Some guy called me from England completely out of nowhere, said he had seen my, my sonosphere on the internet somewhere. I, I put a website up briefly and he had seen that. And he got my number and he called me and he said, I want to order one. And I said, lol, <laughs> I don't know what, what I'm going to do. Cause it's, it's half, it's half destroyed. And I, and he, this guy's calling from England and uh, he said, well, how much would it cost to like remake it so I can try it? And I was like, well, a lot, like probably five or $10,000 to fix it and get, get a good version and, rent or what warehouse so you can come try it. And he's like, okay, great. Can I get your bank account number? 
And I was immediately like, okay, this is just a scam, whatever. But then I thought, you know, coming back from Burning Man, totally broke. I'm just going to give this guy my bank account number. Who cares? Maybe something will happen. And I got no money in there anyway. Three days later, he had given me a large sum of money. So I was like, holy crap, this is real. So I went, I set out, I built a new version um, that was based on the original version, just kind of like updated some things. And I rented a warehouse and I put it up and I prepared for this guy to come from England to see it. And so he comes, he tries it. He brought two friends with him. They, they loved it. And then he said, okay, now I want you to build me my own one, my own version. And I want like 2.0. Like I want like the next best version of this that you can think of. And I have a very large budget for this. So he had a budget of 80,000. So he, he wanted me to really go, go beyond with the materials, with the setup and make like my ultimate version. So for that, I needed, I decided I needed help and I could actually afford to hire some help this time. So then I hired um, Rusty Oliver, who owns Hazard Factory in Seattle, Washington, and he became my, uh, my fabricator and my, my helper. He helped me um, kind of, you know, purify my idea structurally because the things I wanted to do, um, I needed someone who had that kind of engineering mind to tell me. Uh, where I needed to strengthen, you know, to make it safe for people to climb on and and whatnot. So he helped me choose the right thicknesses of the materials. And, um, you know, he also helped, I, I really wanted the next one to have like a round platform and not a triangle, not a um, pyramid, which had a square base. I wanted it to be more round. So I needed some serious metal, metal skills, which I did not have. So I hired Rusty. He was awesome. Um, it took us about a year to build the the second model 2.0 i put it in a crate shipped it to england flew over there to install it Um, and this guy you know he just wanted it for his own personal um personal use so that was 2.0 and i i set it up and kissed my baby goodbye and went back home and i um ever since then i was like dang it feels weird having the coolest and bestest thing i've ever created be in england and never see it again so um, then I immediately was like, okay, now I got to make 3.0, right? And I um, I decided also to go back to school to get my degree in physics because I wanted to make it really a beast of science. I didn't, I wanted to kind of, you know, graduate from the metaphysical part of it and make it something that was truly um, powerful. I wanted the music to get into your bones. I wanted it to be something where you could lay on this... Um, sound bed and that the, the powerful waves and the, and the frequencies would penetrate right into your body through your muscles through your flesh right to your bones and actually use your own skeleton as a resonant medium to resonate the whole rest of you so that was my goal um once you know i stayed in the physics program for five years i got up to the junior level it was really a lot took every math class that is imaginable and um i really got a lot of good education and i particularly around resonance and, um, you know, learning about the true nature of resonance and what I needed to do to truly resonate a human body um, and what that would take. So after uh, leaving the program, you know, I figured I, I absorbed the, the knowledge that I needed to and I left the program. I did not get that de- that degree because I just wanted to get going on my career with the Sonosphere. Um, 
And so then slowly, um, as I got money, as I could afford it, I started building this new model 3.0, the one that you see now in the pictures and online and on my TikTok, that, that's the newest model version 3.0. And it's the most powerful Sonosphere yet. It has the most cutting edge um, sound system. It actually has two sound systems. One is a haptic transducer sound system, which which uh, deliver just purely vibrational um, like sounds, quote unquote. You don't hear them with your ears. You feel them with your body um, because they're the same type of speakers that people use in um, like IMAX theaters. So there's that. And, um, and then the second type is also, uh, which is also included is an ambisonic sound system, which has, we've, we've included 12 speakers, eight around in a circle around your, your body laying down and then four above your head. And then we have also a bank of, uh, sub bass, um, bass, bass bins, basically. Um, and th those cover the frequencies that the haptics, it basically bridges the frequency um, range between the haptic system and the mid-range system. So we have essentially 24 speakers in a close range, close packed sphere that goes, goes around you, totally completely focused on you. And we have also, um, my husband helped me with the coding and the mapping um, Rowan Firethorn, he's been um, sort of like doing the software engineering portion of giving us the controls over all these speakers. And we have the speakers are broken up into banks and we have individual control over frequency um, rate, uh, like LFO rate, like how how fast the wave is waving, basically. Is it like super fast vibration or is it like slow, like a heartbeat or like the ocean? Um, and then we also have control over the phase shifting between all of those uh, waves so we can ratchet them in harmonic ways with relation to each other. So we can get these really cool harmonic overtones, which um, are really unique to, to the design. Um, and then we also have control over the type of waves. So we can do square waves, sine waves, and triangle waves. And they all, each one of those feels entirely different to, to your body. Um, additionally, um, the sonosphere has these open sort of arcs, the arcs that you see with all the lights inside, those are hollow. So when we, when we charge it with sound, we get these, uh, you know, audible resonant harmonic overtones. So it's, it's like you are inside of an instrument and the instrument is actually tuned to embrace you because your body mass is going to affect the point of resonance. And so we get different resonant numbers, different frequencies as the fundamental, depending on how, how big you are, your body mass, how much you weigh. So for each person, we custom tune the sonosphere uh, sound system. And we also choose the harmonics custom. And we also custom mix the meditation music or the soundscape over the top of that. And then we match them to each other. So it's like a completely it's a completely custom mix. Um, our next, our next move is to figure out how do we get all of this to be like an automated remote control system so that we don't have to have a, you know, two people to help you, you know, get in and get out and run it and stuff. So 
um that's the that's the short version and i know it's kind of long but <laughs> that, the that's whole, where we're at <clears throat> the whole time you're you're explaining this and talking about it I already know you know i know some of the story i've seen your posts and every again guys uh all the ways of course to find her without question will be located down there you have an incredible website your instagram facebook and tiktok as well uh so i've heard this before but hearing you tell it hearing the passion and your knowledge and the reason you went back to school to get, you know, a degree in physics, no big deal. Um, something my, my brother did wholeheartedly right and whole last and a degree in physics and then now doesn't use it, by the way. I just kind of want to point that out for reference. I will be giving him shit about this. Yeah. And then you just went back just because it would help you build this incredible thing. The, the way you describe this it is so next level. It is unbelievable to me that, number one, you came up with this. And yes, I love how you described it, that you had a dream. And it was this simple, super rudimentary sort of thing. And then look what it turned into. But that's all you needed. It was the seed that was planted. And yeah. I love, too, that you were in that hot zone. You know, there's, there's this thing called Parkinson's Law. It's horribly named. But what it what it basically refers to is, is that a project will only take you as long as the time uh, that you give it. Okay? So, like, if something took you, uh, if you're given a month and you only give it 24 hours, you'll finish it in 24 hours, right? Had you started earlier, maybe, right? But coming down to the wire on those types of things puts an element of pressure on there as well. And that's, uh, I find that creatively for me, I mean, I don't know if you're the same way, but you get to a point to where you're done thinking about it and figuring it out and you just get out of the way and you let the muse gift you with something. Exactly, exactly. And I was I was grateful that the muse gifted me with a vision that was actually attainable, <laughs> like cool. something that I, I felt like I could do. Um, we're, we're all grateful you know, that you took her up on it because that's the thing about the muse, <laughs> right? It only gives it to people that will do something with it. So well done. Yeah. It's yeah a co-collective creative for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always wanted to do something with my life that was going to benefit humanity. I knew I wanted to be um, a humanitarian in some, to some effect. I've, I've also always been an artist, hugely interested in science and science projects. And also I'm a musician and a singer. I play electric harp. I do electronic music production and me and my husband have a little side side project, side band that we uh, work with. And um, yeah, so I, I really needed to pour my soul, my whole soul into something that was going to be a lifelong creative pursuit that was also humanitarian, that was also not going to keep me bored um, you know, the Sonosphere is so customizable and it's so, there's so many possibilities with what you can do with it and, and so many opportunities to like evolve it more, create different models. It just seemed like the perfect thing. And because I was raised in the eighties, you know, lots of really cool sci-fi came out, lots of really cool, um, yep. you know, believe in yourself, follow your heart, never give up kind of messaging that really hit me on a, on a soul level. And I also had a mom that reinforced those concepts. So I, um, I just really am like, I'm, I'm the kind of, you know, animal that like bites in and never lets go. So <laughs> just, I'm a honey badger. <laughs> this is why we, uh, we had a meeting to set this whole thing up. And uh, you and I found out that you and I have a lot more in common uh, than one would think. Like, yes, we're both, aren't we, when's your birthday again? Mine's 82, September 82. I'm February 82. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we're just a couple months there. So you and I grew up in that sweet spot. But like you, I grew up in a place, uh, same era as you, that with just full of possibilities and just crazy imagination. And that imagination was fostered. And that is something, that's why, 
I run around here going like, what are these kids doing with their iPad? Like, what are you guys doing with this shit? Like, play, you know, there's a, there's a cool way to do this and y'all, y'all have access to it. So what's, what's yeah. awesome again about you as well is you're again, like me, you have a ton of interests that add up to one thing that you can take all of those interests and put them into mine's the show and it's been it, everything i mean even i had an acacia greeting with um rachel horton white the other night it's on the expansive insiders uh check that out guys link in the show notes and we went back into a couple of past lives of mine and she was reading off a list of things where i was like yeah i'm all of those in this life you know what i mean but they were lifetime dedications in something else and so like you i bet if you did this i'll hook you up with rachel y'all can do like a value exchange swap she'll give you a reading letter take a spin on your sphere so <laughs> there um there, there's this crazy amount of cool shit that came out of that era and i agree with that now one of those things is you because man your passion with this like the the way that you are just so yeah that's what i'm doing this is where i'm going and fuck everything else i absolutely love that because i'm the same way again i, I just uh, admire the shit out of you so um a couple of questions here for you so why so deep into the sound healing aspect of it? Because we know that, you know, harmonics and resonance and all of that, and I'm sure you're very familiar with this. So if you don't mind, just what's your perspective on like the nature of harmonics, resonance, frequencies, relationship to sound, all that shit? Well, thanks for that question. Um, it's one of my favorite topics. Um, the When I made the first model of the Sonosphere, I had just graduated from Western and it just so happened to correspond with this center opening in my town the center was called wise awakening it's um awakening to who we truly are with frequency and that was on the front of the window and i saw this place opening up and i was like what this is this can't be real like i just made this this sound healing machine and here's this like sound healing center that's like opening up and, um, you know, when I had first built the Sonosphere, I thought of it more as like an experience. I wasn't really thinking like healing, but this place had just opened and it, it was a healing with sound center. So I was like, oh, you know, that could be a thing. So I go in and I introduce myself to the owner and I showed her what I had just made. She had purchased this other sound bed called the interdimensional sound chamber which was made by some other guy in the east on the east coast and she had sort of based her business plan around this other sound bed so um she kind of was like oh i don't need like two of these things i just want one well and you don't want to get in the middle of some east coast west coast sound healing beef you know yeah and so she wasn't very she was like very impressed with what i built but she was also like no thanks so i i didn't take that um no for an answer clearly because i'm not that kind of person so i just keep going back <laughs> i just kept going back in the shop like every week and talking to her i stayed at the front desk and talked to her about cool stuff and i'm like i'm gonna get this lady to know who i am and i just kept trying to be her friend and and going in there a lot and after about like three months of just like pursuing a friendship with her she finally was like okay do you do you want a job i'll just hire you so she hired me to work at, at the Sound Healing Center, and and I got a lot of exposure to the entire realm of this kind of um, industry, from singing bowls, tuning forks, bio-tuning forks, the interdimensional sound chamber, other sound beds, um, which, by the way, the, the sound beds are called um, vibroacoustic therapy. That's like the, the official title for what this kind of stuff is. And... Um, the interdimensional sound chamber was like a sacred geometry structure with sort of like a sound bed in the middle that was based off of like a massage table um, as the base structure. And it had 
had transducers in it. It had a huge stack of amplifiers. Um, and when I tried it at the center, I was kind of like, I guess the best term was like underwhelmed. I was like, I thought this thing was going to like rock my body. And I was on there and it was just like little, like little subtle, soft, like vibes. And I'm like, man, this massage bed is like absorbing all the sound. Like I could tell that all the padding, all the effort to like make it comfortable was taking away from the sound, like what it could do. Yeah. The reason you were there. Yeah. So I was like realizing that, you know, the ultimate sound bed would be one in which, you know, you had to be on something that was going to transmit vibration. And I mean, like physical vibration, not like, not like etheric vibration. So I just want to, you know, kind of define that, how I use that word. When I say vibration, I'm talking about like, you hear you're at a concert and you feel the vibration from the bass bin, like pushing your entire chest in. That's what I'm talking about when I say vibration. Let me stop you here and ask you this. Uh, are you, mm-hmm. were you big into the systems in your car? Remember when you turned 16 or you got your license or whatever, were you big into like getting an amp and a woofer and all that stuff? Yeah. Is that why? Very. Yeah. Because I love the way it made me feel. Yeah, and I, right. and anytime I go to a concert, I stand right at the front and always be right in front of the bin right in front of the stacks even if my friends or whatever are trying to pull me away like louisa you're gonna be deaf by 35 you know if you stand that close i like did not care um and i have um yeah i i have a deaf uncle who like blew out the speakers on his car like over and over again from turning them up because he wanted to feel it because he 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 was deaf but he could like feel the vibrations and he he was he inspired he inspired me too just his stories so um yeah the you know searching for that like bone impact from the sound waves is like what i've wanted to feel um and you know i live in a house where we play music every day we're always we're always music is such a huge integrated part of my life that building something like this is just right up my alley. It's your gift. You know, it's a gift to the music that gives you so much because now you've given the music itself a new way to be experienced. Like you get the chills that this gives me for you right now. Like how in like how insanely incredibly cool this is that you have gifted music itself because now new music is being creative. Like you create new sounds because of the way that you are tuning that thing. It's an instrument and it works with the resonant instrument that is your body. And like you said, sitting inside a niche, like when you said that, I was like, oh my God, like that's exactly what I think of when I hear you talk about it. So I just wanted to point out like how amazing that this is that yes, you were gifted with this, but also this is a gift to music itself. And this is a new way to experience something that I think uh, definitely me up to this point had taken for granted. I know probably a shitload of people as well that there's like, hang on, there's a new way to use my ears. You know what I mean? There's a new way to experience something that's that I have been led up to this point to be relegated to only as sound, like only one faculty gets to enjoy that. But, you know, um, bands figured this out long ago with concerts, with your visual element, you know, you have then music videos and all of these extra people are tying in extra faculties to this experience. And so it makes sense now that we actually get in something and this is like a ride because i mean have you really thought about the implications for this on like the gaming industry the moving industry movie industry rather and all of that i mean i know what you're doing is altruistic and it's awesome but like you my mind goes all the way to fucking a million from here you know what i mean 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot of different models. So like, we'll definitely, we're definitely going to have like a luxury um, model that's like remote controlled that you just want to listen to music in it. And that's, that's the the purpose, you know, we're also going to have a, a model that's um, for healing that is specifically for like being able to dial in certain frequencies. Like sometimes when we're playing these harmonic chords, people will say, Oh my gosh, you just re- resonated my trachea. You just resonated yeah. my uh, my brain cavity. You just resonated my sinus cavity. Anywhere in your body that you have a cavity, we can shake it. We can we can make resonance happen. So there's also like it opens it up to like we need to do some tests of some long-term clinical trials so that we can get some proof. Um something I wasn't expecting that everyone is telling me is that the sonosphere removes pain. Now that I'm not allowed to say that it relieves pain, but this is what all of our clients are saying. So they can say whatever they want. Well, but that's I the point. Say, like at what point are you able to say that? If a shitload of people say that, like what percentage do you have to have for some agency to say that you can legally say that? So I will need clinical studies done in a in a, you know, regulated by the FDA environment. So in a and biased until then yeah, and until then, I can say, you know, what my clients are saying. I can say, I can say my testimonials, but I can't make that claim myself. You know what? I'll I'll say this though. Uh, the FDA thing. I hope that you do get that shot. And here's why: because I'm picturing like like you and I had the movies from the 80s and 90s where these kids were like the underdogs, right? And it was all the yeah. like the Sandlot and shit like that, to where yeah, like the you then. And- Yagunis, exactly. Where you walk into this established, well-to-do societal <laughs> thing, and you walk in, and you, you know, know with what your to thing, do. <laughs> yeah, and you got a little bit bit of duct tape you're putting on just for you know, real quick, because something you know in the parking lot or whatever, and they're laughing at you. But then you win first place, you change everything, and fun is had by all. Like I can't wait for that. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah, and the formula for doing that has been, and it was told to you a million times back then. It's imagine, believe in yourself, and never give up. If you do those three things, this this is real. This can be real. And I put it to the test, and it's true. How, and, how does know, that feel right there? Like sitting with that, it feels freaking awesome. Yeah. And and you know, part of, part of how you know like what's true and how where to go is like your. I always say, how do you follow your heart? You know, that some people are like, yeah, well, my heart led me to this totally toxic relationship. I don't trust it now. It's like, yeah, but was that really your heart? Like your heart tells you to do things that are hard. Your your heart will tell you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You're, it doesn't always tell you to do the satisfying thing, the quick thing. Um, it tells you to do the hard thing. And if you do it, it is not satisfying at first. And there's nobody standing there being like, you made the right decision. Good job. It's like, you have to tell that to yourself. And also, we are also built with the chills. Like, have you guys ever experienced getting the chills, right? So like, and we all have, most of us who are sensitive beings or we pay attention, we get the chills when something is true. That could be true for other people or it could be true for us. Like sometimes our friends are talking to us and we get the chills because it's true for them. Um, Sometimes we're talking and we get the chills because it's true for us. Sometimes something just happens in our environment and we get the chills. So number one rule, chills don't lie. So if if you follow the chills and you do what they you do what's in your heart that's your heart compass saying boing, that's where you want to go that's the target um, that 
that is something I'd followed forever. My grandma taught me about the chills, how to follow them. Um, you know, how, what they're trying to tell you based on where in your body, the chills are happening. Ooh, like sometimes you get, so you get like chills up your legs. Um, when some, when somebody's talking and you're getting chills for them, they come up your legs when it's something that's true for you, that's coming from your higher self or from God or whatever, it comes through your head and goes down your spine. Um, and if you get like full body chills, that's like your entire body. It's true for the world. Wow. So it's like a, it's like a universal truth or something. That's awesome. So I've, I've followed that my whole life. It's never been wrong. And I mean, never wrong. So that's like the one thing that I can completely trust and rely on that makes me feel like no matter what happens, I have a line to the spiritual. I have a line to the divine. I have a line to what's true and right. And no one can take it away from me. And no one can tell me what to do in, in like, you know, to try to like confront that. There's, there is no confronting that. It's the ultimate truth. So as long as I be faithful to that, then everything is on the highest and best path that it possibly can be. And and when you are on that path, you start seeing the numbers, you start seeing the breadcrumbs, 111, 222, 444, even 666, that's a sacred number too. So like, to me, the 111 is the ultimate path. And if you if you see 222, then you're parallel to the ultimate path. You're just maybe like a little bit off, but you're still going parallel. You go 333, same thing. You're just like a little bit far from it, but you're going in the right direction. Um, the more one one ones I see, the more excited I get. And, and, you know, sometimes the right path also is lame. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes you're breaking up with someone. Sometimes you're getting arrested. Sometimes you're like broken down on the side of the road and you see the one, 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 you know, it's like, it's like, get the right, fucked, not the, now. Yeah. Yeah. The right path is hard. You know, it's not the easy path, oh, shit. but it's the right path. It's where you're supposed to be. It's your path of the ultimate destiny. Um, Yeah. So yeah. your, your highest potential is that path. So I've always wanted to actualize my highest potential. Well, you're doing the shit out of it, dude. And you got plenty of time, which is great. You know, we got plenty. We're just getting going. You feel that too, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I do. I just turned 40. So I'm kind of yeah. at a crossroads and I, you know, I suspect my life is, you know, probably close to half over, but it's I am just I'm excited for the, I'm excited for the second half of this yeah. shit. This is <laughs> your Saturn return in two years. It's our Saturn return. So both of us just turned 40. I hear you. Yes. But same right. thing. I see it. like, this is like the precipice. This is like, oh, finally, it feels like the first half of our life. We were like walking through a house just figuring out what everything was, right? Okay, how's this place work? What's going on here? Whatever. Exactly. And it feels like now we've made it to the back door and everything was in black and white back there. But like like Al, like uh, the Wizard of Oz, when she opens that damn door, now we're at the back door and there's no fence. It's an open, expansive world of possibilities and sunshine and there's all sorts of dope shit going on out there exactly. for us. That's how this feels. And so I, I hear you and I'm, I'm right there with you. And so uh, there's no, of course we connected at this time. It makes complete sense. So I, I want to uh, come back to something you said before I talked to you about the base in your car because I, I got excited yeah. about that because I was the same way. I wanted systems. <laughs> I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, I want, I miss having a system in my car, like just the base, like just let me feel it. You yes. know? I'm going to bump what me. I want, but give me the damn base. So that's just yes. interesting. Again, another, another synchronicity here. Okay. So 
I believe whenever I diverted us uh, where I did, I wanted to come back to when you were describing what you had learned from the sound chairs that were at the place that you were working at, the sound healing environment, and yeah. that you had discovered that the padding was the issue and that yeah. something needed to be more conductive sound-wise, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and I got a lot of, you know, this is kind of what made me want to go do my physics education because I, I knew that I didn't know enough about materials. Um, so I did a, I did the physics and then I also got a minor in material science and the, the material science was really fun. It was like, you're just in these uh, laboratories, like breaking, shit. Pieces yeah. of, breaking shit. You're just breaking pieces <laughs> of plastic, like, pieces cool. of carbon. Like you're just like, how much can I stress out this piece of material before it finally gives in and breaks? And how thick does it have to be? You know, it's going to break at different times when, depending on how thick it is too. And like, so I, I started to get like an intuitive sense for materials, which was really important. Um, <clears throat> so ultimately, the material I chose for the Sonosphere platform is acrylic plexi. I had originally chosen tempered glass, but I decided that it was too risky um, to use the glass because if it did break, regardless of being tempered, tempered glass usually has a, a layer of thin plastic in the middle that will like kind of concave in if it's ever broken that will help a person from like going through but it still will cut you it's still dangerous um it's not as um it's just not as uh, reliable as acrylic plexi so then you know i decided to choose plexi but the the industry of acrylic plexi um a lot of it is for like airplane windows um there's different thicknesses and the thickness that i needed to support one or two people's weight up to like very heavy people, maybe like up to 600 to a thousand pounds of weight, plus 120 pounds for the 10 transducers that we're putting on there um, was going to be like a half a ton of weight that it had to hold. And so none of the thicknesses that are commercially available for regular stuff was going to work. So I called up um, an airline uh, material supp supplier and I asked, you know, what is the literal largest thickness that I can buy, um, you know, in a large piece? Because I wanted a whole piece that was like seven feet across. And they just, it's really hard to get them that big. Like everything is just cut up into these little pieces because they always assume that you're making something small or a window or, you know, and I wanted this massive piece. So it turns out that the only industry that makes these massive pieces really, really thick are for dolphin and whale enclosures that hold like thousands of tons of, of uh, water and these massive mammals at SeaWorld and shit. So, um, and Texas was one of the only places that actually manufactured it. So, and I had, I was forced to buy a massive piece, you know, that would be like the whole sidewall of a, of a pool, of a containment pool for a, a porpoise or a whale. <laughs> and they the wouldn't even thing, trim it down for you no and they well and they, they did go out of their way to find me um a, a remnant which for them was like still 14 feet long wow um and it had to be put on a flatbed trailer and driven up to seattle and uh i called 15 different laser outfits to see who could cut it into a circle for me and i got rejected every single step of the way because it was too big and they kept saying, no, it's too big. It's too big. It's going to break our machines, blah, blah, blah. Well, I finally found a place that finally said yes. And I took it there and they cut it out and it broke their machines. 
And they no. told me they would never, never cut it out again. <laughs> um, so, but at least I got my one. Um, <laughs> since then, uh, my dad and I have created a jig that is going to cut them from now on that's in the shop. And we're actually just using uh, wood cutting tools, but with acrylic mitter saw blades. Yeah, it's perfect. And we had to make a special table and a special you know, heavyweight rig to like do this, but it's going to be the part of the manufacturing process that we handle ourselves. Awesome. Um, Cause it's just really intense, but yeah, that was the biggest piece, biggest, most expensive ass piece of plastic I've ever bought. And I just was like biting my hand the whole time. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh my God. Cause I'm like, if this doesn't work out, then I'm saddled with this huge piece of plastic that you cannot recycle. You cannot get rid of. You can, I mean, it'll just, be a forever thing that my my ancestors from here on out will have to deal with this massive piece of plastic that's so was, that's one way to look at it or it's the first piece <laughs> my, my of your was, new of your new dolphin enclosure for when your yeah, grandkids want to build one i was just like holy shit after buying that there was no going back yeah you know and it was thousands of dollars thousands it was like four thousand dollars and i'm like after that investment i'm like okay this is what i'm doing you can't you can't go back from this you know so that was you know that was the beginning of the massive investment that this thing has been um so what is the seven foot circle for is that so the space? seven foot circle is for you to lay on and i figured seven feet was like the minimum um you know that would that would accommodate most people's height to be able to spread out like vitruvian man like leonardo da vinci's man inside a squared circle we wanted people to be able to you know put their arms all the way out put their legs out all the way um you know move around be able to you know be in several different positions you can also sit on the sonosphere and it's a completely different experience if you like sit cross-legged in the middle you still get an amazing um audio experience and the sound like swirls around you we've got it all programmed to like move and stuff sounds really 3d um but yeah, the seven feet was kind of the minimum. And I haven't yet had, you know, like a super giant person come in and be like, I'm over seven feet tall. You know, I was about nobody... to say, like if Shaq wants one, would you make him one? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we could make it bigger, but this is like the minimum. And sometimes people come in and they're like, oh, could you just make maybe like a smaller version that you could take around? It's like, well, cat. yeah, but you're looking at it. This is the smaller version. Like <laughs> this is literally the minimum of what you need to to be able to you know, have this be accessible to most humans. And like my husband is six, four and he fits on there, but even people that are like approaching seven feet, they do have to like bend their knees a little, um, that, you know, to, to really keep, keep themselves on the speakers and get, you know, get contained. Um, so yeah, it's, a. Uh, it's pretty big and it had to be all one piece because we, you know, we're putting really big um, vibrations through this thing. We don't want it to crack. Yeah. I was yeah. not going to drill any holes in this thing because I do not want those holes to become cracks. So we have 10 of these speakers to put on. Um, and so I had to find a very special type of adhesive that was actually a weld, a, a chemical weld to, um, you know, first attach these things to another piece of the same plexi and then attach those pieces with the, with the chemical weld. Um, I had to do a ton of research about, you know, what, what material to use in that to chemically weld these two together where this is not a glue. This is a chemical process that bonds them molecularly. Um, and they are great. I mean, they are holding strong. I haven't seen a single issue with, with them like wanting to fall off or anything. Um, 
it was also tricky figuring out how to keep on accessing the hardware. Like if one was going to burn out, you know, how do we replace it without having to undo that weld? So that was a really big piece of, um, you know, my mental gymnastics that I had to go through to like figure out how to do that actually. Um, you know, and then, and then also it's a flat, hard platform, right? So how do you make this even have a modicum of comfort? So that's where I, I started pouring and making molds for my own silicone body pads. Um, cause I learned in material science that silicone is a great transmitter of sound. It transmits vibration very well. Um, which you can kind of get a sense for like in a jello mold, like it's like jello certain, certain, uh, you know, strengths of silicone can be squishier than others. I don't know if you've ever seen like one of those mouse pads for your wrist. It's all like squishy, but it has like a shiny wipeable surface on top of the squishy. Um, That's what gave me the idea was looking at my mouse pad and I wanted to make that. So I did a bunch of research about encapsulation, which is the process by which you put a squishy silicone inside of a wipeable silicone. And, um, cause we got to sanitize these things after each person. So we, we need it to be wiped downable. We need to be able to, to disinfect this. Um, if the vibrations make people spill their body fluids, <laughs> we need to be able to, um, clean it up. Has that ever happened? Not yet. Okay. But, um, there's been a lot of farts. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I, that's, that'd be the first thing. I do. <laughs> that's the first uh, thing. Immediately. I mean, it just, it just really makes your all your systems start moving and working and yeah, your resonating yeah. cavities. You got queefs and farts all over the place in there. All over the place, yeah. you know. And we didn't we didn't know if there would be like orgasm potential. I was or, going to ask if there was any sort of sexual. I have it on my list to ask you. Don't even worry about it. We ha- we we have had people tell us that this feels tantric. It feels like they're being touched by sound. That they're having like a semi. It's touching in the sexual realm. Um, a touch-free, intimate experience with sound itself, um, you know, which is amazing. It could also be a really big thing for people that are like asexual or people that don't like to be touched, that never get to experience into intimacy. Yep. Um, it could be kids. really, uh, yeah, any of the, any of those folks. It would be, it might be great for them. Yep. I mean, what you're doing with this is just so remarkable. I just got the chills for the world because it came from all over. I know how it goes now. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. because of the implication, I mean, really on massive scale. Cause now, I mean, yeah, people wanted a smaller one, but like you said, this is the smallest one. And I think that, uh, you know that because this isn't like the only, this is the smallest one. Like this is nothing compared to, I think something that you, I know something you will see in your lifetime where entire room of people can sit in this thing with hundreds yeah. of speakers spinning around several mm-hmm. concentric rings. And maybe you end up building a spaceship because you, you know, spin it at a certain rate with certain frequencies. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, I, th- I think you're, uh, you could be like opening a portal or making a goddamn um, I stargate know. or I, time machine I've, or something. I've thought of that. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking like, what if we hit the perfect frequencies and the person just disappears or something? Yeah, like, who knows? You've got like a um, crystal yoni egg in and then you know, that you didn't hear about. And then all of a sudden they bleep out of existence, you know, and yeah, then they're like gone. That. Yeah. And there is another um, design I have in the pipeline that is going to be for 20 people. Um, that I'm planning on bringing to like on the festival circuit Hell yeah! and it, it's not going to have any moving parts, but it's going to be um, like a massive floor installation essentially. 
Um, and I don't want to say a lot because I'm still uh, keeping yeah. that one secret, but there's going to, is there is going to be a, a group version. Um, and, you know, certainly on the Sonosphere, you can sit down. And if I did build a, if I did build a unit that was intended for you to just sit in and, you know, sitting up cross-legged, then it could be smaller. See, I'm but thinking- I'm thinking that for like therapy for like, if you could think mm-hmm. of like couples therapy or something to where a couple could sit in this thing together, cross like it, you know, together facing one another, maybe look in one another's eyes, however it goes. And then there'd be a silicone, th- you know, the whole apparatus, but specifically for multiple yeah. people's uses, even like a family, like you and your kids and husband and kids can get in this thing and well, sit and we've there. Done, we've done that with this one. And and we've actually had some couples come for date night um, to be on the Sotosphere and they do sit yab yum, you know, facing each other. And even sitting that way, though, you know, your your legs are stretched out behind the other person and right. they they do take up most of the platform like humans. You are big. You yeah. don't think you are, but you, you are. Especially with you when you're paying for material by the square inch. You yeah. know, you're like, y'all are huge. Get out of here with that. You're like yeah, seven feet. But, but how much have you because you walk through this and you again, we're so much alike uh, d- doing the show. I get to a point, I'm like, oh, I need a website. Okay. Uh, I had a buddy set it up, and then after that, I ran it. And I was like, okay, well, I need like graphics and stuff. And I was like, uh, and so I just figured out how to be a graphic designer. And I was like, oh, I need to figure out how to do camera shit. So I just did that. Like you, you yeah. you go, okay, what's next? Got it. I'll learn what I need to learn about that and move on. Exactly. So that you can apply it to your mission. Because you always have this mission-forward focus. And that's same thing. That's like everything is like, okay, how does this benefit us all moving forward together? And here's exactly. my vehicle. I do that in so I'm gonna just keep soup in the vehicle yeah and I and I don't get caught up on like oh I could you know I need to master every category I no. don't I just know that I need to like figure out this one little piece yeah. that I need for what I'm doing and then I can move on so and I'll often like call an expert and be like what should I do you know and some people are very nice and will like tell me what I should do but then other times I get the door and I have to like go on YouTube and you know sort through a bunch of you know, stuff and piece together what I should do. Um, and that's harder, but I'll, I have done that too. It's, but, part, um, it's yeah. part of you. That's part of who you are. That's how we learn. I get it. Uh, I do the same thing. I'm just like, okay, well, this could be fucking super easy or I could do it my way and just learn it from the ground up. Because now think of all the things that had they have been just given to you with the ease of which you would wish them at the beginning, then you wouldn't have learned as much. It, the knowledge that you get niching into some of this stuff affects the way that you do things. For example, the way that I do video production has to do with what skills I know in my graphic design Canva, right? So I mm-hmm. know what I can do in Canva that will then work over here, but I also know Canva's limitations, but what DaVinci Resolve is what I use for videos, I know what that can do. So there is an overlap there, but knowing the strengths of both or whatever, what your capabilities and limitations are in either, you can make up for one and the other. So this exactly. this type of diversified autodidacticness that you've got, I just, I empathize with this resonates so hard and I just adore the shit out of you. I think you're doing something that's so amazing. I know you are. I'm, I'm looking at this oh, and I'm also, you, well, I'm also like feeling all the people that I know who do things in music and the spiritual community and just people that would find this so fucking dope. This, this appeals to so many people. Like yeah, I'm going to, you know, uh, reach out to Tommy Chaw. I'll send him a link to this. He's going to want you to build him one. Like this, this shit is yeah. <laughs> like so fucking cool. So I wanted to ask, of course, you know, kind of down the line here, then psychedelic psychedelics and this i've been biting my tongue about it the whole time so representing (laughs) another faction of the audience here uh psychedelics and sonosphere what do you think uh mind-blowing combination i mean i'm just gonna say like 
it is insane. Like, um, <clears throat> full transparency. Uh, my husband and I tried this. We did we did some mushroom with sonosphere combination, okay. and um, it was just unbelievable. I mean, it's already the sonosphere already feels so amazing without anything. You, you know, you add the psychedelics, it's just even deeper because then it opens up this entire psychic funnel that's just like telling you everything that you need to know about your situation you know whatever your body needs healing your mind needs healing your relationship to the world and when i got in there it was just pouring all this information to me like um the psych about psychedelics and the sonosphere it was like you have got to get this out they need to people need this people need to know about the the combination and who are you gonna you know and i was i was asking i was saying out loud i'm like who do i tell how do i what do i do and like um i maps came to mind like multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies like they that popped into my mind so um like i told maps i i sent them an email and was like you guys have to see this and i just got crickets like i just got ignored um i also applied for the to be a speaker at the psychedelic convergence in la coming up i also got rejected for that so um i don't think that they're understanding like and i maybe i'm not explaining it right but it's like, not that i'll tell you number one it's not that your eloquency is not the issue in understanding <laughs> okay but it's it's just like intense and i've had um we've had clients like be be respectful and call us ahead of time and say hey can I show up for my session on um, on a microdose or a medium dose of something? And you know, we're all about that. We we are, and um, we of course want to make sure that the person's like experienced. You know, they're an experienced psychonaut. We don't we don't want to necessarily be responsible for somebody's like first, first time, time or something. Yeah. But um, but yeah, if if someone already is comfortable in that realm and they want to bring some to their session, I am I'm down. Um, and it is just incredibly healing. Um. You know, somebody was like, I could stand on the floor, but it's not vibrating at the perfect frequency. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just um, kind of what it does is like after, you know, after a while on there, you start feeling like liquid. You start feeling like you are jello. Um, people say they feel like they're floating, that they're um, getting wrapped up in some, uh, you know, burrito of, of sound. And uh, it your fascia start to release your muscles release ask, yeah. um no. your autonomic nervous system starts taking over um and your your conscious mind starts to shut up because it's the sphere it was spinning around your head it's spinning that gives your mental you know thinking mind your monkey mind something to focus on and it allows your your right brain to take over and that lets your autonomic system kind of go into a space where it's in charge now and you're like you're kind of so you're in a really special like somatic space with yourself you're in a liminal space where your whole body is on the same page it's all it's all realigned it's united every single cell in your whole body is vibrating at the same exact frequency and when i say vibrating i mean that very literally so it's like a reset it's a reset of everything in your body some people have even told us that it it, it like triggered some kind of histamine reaction in them because some people were like what's their body was like what's happening you know i gotta set off the histamines um like uh you know there's they're getting like uh sleepy and maybe like 
their nose starts running and their their body thinks like something's happening something maybe bad is happening so i'm gonna have this histamine reaction um not not bad not a bad reaction but just like little interesting little signals in some certain people yeah so we do you know that's helped us to understand you know we need to ask people in our questionnaire before the session you know are you a highly sensitive person um, we now take like a medical survey to be, cause there's some people that shouldn't try the sonosphere. There's some people that have like pacemakers or medical equipment or epilepsy. You know, there's, there are, there are some conditions and some people that, it, that it's probably not safe for them to try the sonosphere. It's not for everyone. Um, but it's for almost everyone. And we are really interested in, um, the healing possibilities with this model. I seriously don't think that anything this strong has been made with sound waves. I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very confident that this is the strongest piece of vibrational therapy equipment that exists. And so because of that, we're really interested um, in the over, overarching implications of what we could heal with this. Um, like I said, our, our clients who have fibromyalgia and arthritis have told us that it is causing them to have less pain. Um, but further than that, what I've, what I've thought of and what I want to try um, is people who are paralyzed. Could we get some nerve interaction? Could we get some nerves to wake up um, and re-enliven and start finding connections again um, if we had you know repeated therapy sessions? Um, that's a long shot. Like I'm not saying it's, I'm just saying it's, maybe it's in the realm of possibility. I was something I want to try. Yeah. Um, so that will be part of the clinical studies as well. That's so interesting. It's so fast. I mean, cause again, the implications, this is so much more than just something you sit in and hang out. This is so, but it's that too, you know what I mean? It's that's that what's too. so yeah. cool about it. That's the it thing is. is it's, it's as deep or as not deep yes. as you want it to be. It's, uh, it's same, a lot of things. Same with the you show. Know, it's as deep or as deep as you want it to be. I'm telling you, this is your yeah. expanding reality. This is so yes. fucking cool. This yes. is so fucking cool. And like, even for like, um, you know, video people, like I was thinking of, it would be really cool to build like a, a sonosphere that instead of lights, it's just a totally white structure with no, no cutouts. So it's just got all these white flat surfaces that you can like do projection mapping onto oh. and put it in like a 360 degree projection mapped dome and oh, like have the whole thing shit. be like VR, AR, um you know experiences of like the solar system or the james webb telescope adventure or like you know there's so many options for you know experiences that would get you deeper in nature science um those are the kind of experiences that i want to build um to you know give give people a deep immersion into natural science have you how okay i'm just curious what rpm can you get those things up to the spin i see so, the smile it's pretty it's pretty fast um i don't like turning it up to top top rate because it's scary it's it does scare people um but and and the motor that i have right now is a very like chill motor like i could easily put an even stronger motor to the point where you wouldn't even be able to see the person in there because it'd be spinning so fast Damn. um now the sphere has like some purposes that you know it's basically a waveguide and a and a mental focal point um it could also easily be removed from the whole structure and it would still be fine um but it's it does have like 
a kind of hypnotic, you know, yeah. function. And then it's also, uh, it's a waveguide for like reflecting waves. So like when the waves emanate out from the sphere, they'll like bounce off the walls and try to come back in, in a non-harmonic way. And the sphere will just kind of like mess with those waves and like cut them off. So they can't come back in to mix with what we've set up in there. Yeah, it's like a diffuser also. God, that's it's like awesome. a diffuser. Yeah. And then also because it's made out of copper, yeah. it, it picks up static electricity. It picks up errant radio waves out of there. It just it just kind of clean cleans up the the um the electromagnetic space of the of the room and gives you kind of a purified space inside. But again, I've got a I have to collect some data to you know, prove these, that it's doing that, but that's, that's what I'm, I'm experiencing from it personally. Have you done any studies with plants on this thing? Not yet, but, um, but I do have, um, a friend who's doing plant vibrational plant medicine and like listening to the music made by plants, setting up those little pad sensors on the, on the leaves and, um, you know, it's, we have a, um, we have a microphone that feeds into the system so we can talk to our, our, our experiencers. Um, and this makes it really cool because you can input music on top of, or a speaking voice on top of the, the music that we already have. Um, so like you could also bring your therapist. I was about to say affirmation, put, stuff like that. Yep. You could bring your hypnotherapist, you could bring your somatic or EDMR therapist, EMDR, sorry. And um, there, you know, if you have an, an, a psychedelic integration therapist, they could talk to you, talk you through, you know, your experience. Um, what about and, a hypnotic regression in this thing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So it would be cool. hugely, it would be hugely deep with this. Um, and, you know, with the plants, you could, you could play some plant vibrations, you know, into the music system, into the frequency system. I figured that as, as well as the copper, as well as the healing frequency. So, uh, you know, the copper and electroculture, have you studied any of that or looked into it? Yes. Uh, you know, copper has some really interesting properties, especially when it's in certain shapes, like a pyramid. Pyramids have really special, um, properties. Some of those are, you know, really uh, controversial in, in a science, you know, way, but um, lots of weird things have been observed when using a, a copper pyramid, especially over living things like plants. Um, but maybe this is a good segue to talk about um, those magic frequencies, because I get this question a lot. People are like, did you try Tesla's frequencies? Did you try Solfeggio? Yeah. Yeah. Did you try, um, you know, 432? And all these ones that can, people can I are guess, obsessed with. Can I guess what you're going to say before you say it? Sure. Yes. Okay. Is please. it have something to do with the Doppler effect because it's spinning that they don't connect correctly or they don't give out what you're looking for? Does the Doppler effect have anything to do with it? No, but the Doppler effect is definitely, um, you know, part of it. It's part of the sonosphere. It's part of what makes it cool. Yeah. Um, because we do have some close range speakers that are separated by a certain distance and there is a slight delay, you know, how your ear hears it. And we've set it up so that those delays overlay in the perfect way to create even more overtone harmonics. So it's, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the frequencies that people are talking about, um, they, they are, people think that they're very like, um, 
you know, preset that like you can play 432 and everybody's gonna, you know, hear the same thing. They're going to experience the same thing. 432 is just magical. Right. And, and for it's, for certain reasons, as a musician, I will say that, you know, instruments and songs tuned to 432, they do have this sort of like special, relaxed, more natural feeling. You don't have to strain to get to hit the note perfectly. It's like, if you're a naturally flat singer, it's going to be great for you. (laughs) Um, But magic frequencies, like what Tesla was using, like when you hit the resonant frequency, what happens? Why is that so special? Um, what What is going on there? And it's because each system of resonance and, and a very simple example for a, a system of resonance is like um, a bowl of water that you're like playing like a crystal singing bowl or something with water inside. Um, and you can see the geometrical pattern start to emerge when you hit that magic frequency, right? And people will say, oh, I saw the geometries happen in the water and it happened at 90 hertz. So now 90 hertz is like this amazing magical frequency. Tell the world. But actually that 90 hertz is only going to work in your bowl of water. It's only going to work in your system with the temperature of your air, the the thickness of your bowl, the the amount of water that you put in and the and the frequency that you're playing it. So you have to have all of those variables be exactly identical for that 90 hertz to be the resonant frequency. So that's why when we put different people in the sonosphere, we're going to have different resonant frequencies be the magic frequency because they weigh different amounts. It's going to take different amounts of energy to move their body and they have different densities. Like the human body has like an average density. That's probably about the same for all of us, but the distribution of those densities is not the same. And so we have these variables that are going to change every time, which means our system is not the same every time we measure it. So, um, you know, as we take data and we are taking down these the frequencies as we find them for different weights of people, you know, we're coming up with a set of data, basically. And this data set can be used to find a governing equation um, that governs the, the sonosphere and how it works. Um, and so we are collecting that those numbers so that we can make a computer program that we can just put your weight in and then it'll spit out, you know, the exact frequencies that we need for you. Right now, it's in this experimental phase. We're still collecting data. And I want to get at least a 1,000 data points to get that equation. So that's how that's how we're getting it. And also, the measuring of the fundamental frequency, it's like, how do you know you've hit it? Well, we, we're doing it by ear right now, but we just bought a system that's going to measure it um, quantitatively with a, with a computer and microphone. So... Um, you've probably heard of like real-time analysis software, which people use in like recording studios to figure out where the, the resonances are happening in their room so they can cancel them out. That's right. Um, and uh, in our in our application, we don't want to cancel them out. We, we, want, to, we want to actually boost them. Um, so we use that same, we're going to use that same equipment to um, find the resonance frequencies and, and how we can make them feedback stronger. Um, but basically what, how we're doing it by ear, and this is how we know that we've hit the resonant fundamental. So the fundamental frequency is the lowest possible resonance frequency that can be hit 
Um, and sometimes that would be, that's a subharmonic tone in the sub bass region. And sometimes it's, you know, but for most humans, it's somewhere between 37 and 41 hertz. Is that the brown it, note? The one that makes you shit yourself? I mean, they say that, but it, it is, it is the one, I mean, that's the one that the, the other sound chairs are using um, exclusively. So like some of the other sound chair equipments, they just play 40 Hertz and they're just like, here you go, 40 Hertz. Um, we get really specific. We're like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you weigh this much. So it's going to be actually like 41.2 Hertz, wow. you know? So we get really specific. Um, and then based on the the fundamental so we can hear it resonating we can hear it ringing when you hit a resonant frequency there's an amplitude spike if that's if the resonance that you're watching is in an electrical circuit then you're going to get a voltage spike if the resonance that you're watching is in an audio spectrum you'll get a you'll get a volume spike so whether it's your spiking vol voltage spiking volume you're going to get this amplitude spike that apparently comes out of nowhere and this is what fascinated nikola tesla he was like i'm gonna i can take down a building with vibration because i under he understood this concept of like layering those resonances on top of each other to create a feedback loop and we all know feedback loops you know they go to infinity or they go to zero so like if you're talking that you put your your microphone in front of a speaker and you hear the awful sound of feedback if you leave it there What's going to happen? It's going to go to infinity. It's going to break your microphone. It's going to become so loud that it could break your ears. Honestly, it could break some windows around you. So that's why everybody's like, oh my God, it's feeding back. We have to turn it off. Yeah, that's because it's real. It's going to go to infinity. It's going to break some shit. Um, and then the other type of feedback is feedback cancellation, where it goes to zero. You get, you get two things, the equal and opposite, smashing together. That cancels out and it goes to zero. So obviously we're interested in both because we want to use them. You got the part that goes to infinity and then you got the part that goes to zero. And if you add two systems together that do those two things, you've got two controls for, uh, for this wild energy. So it's like you can bring it, you know, to the point that you want the intensity and then use the canceling part to kind of like hold it there. Wow. Right. It's like creating a force field and then creating a force field to hold the force field that you created. Yes. Exactly. Because we want to bring people to the maximum resonance, but not explode them. Right. Yeah. That, okay. Then that's the question. How do you know you're not going to like pop someone off and just uh, yeah. spontaneously combust a motherfucker? Exactly. So this was, this was always one of my, my worries about. Yeah, doing well, you made the silicone here. wipeable. We know that. Um, but yeah. beyond that, what about those people that want to get into it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted it to be safe. And I, I was worried about people putting their heads directly on the platform because I didn't know if that was going to burst some brains or what. Um, I was the first one to try it because I wanted to make sure and try it on myself first. Um, and I was just being funny with, with Rowan. I'm like, this could be goodbye, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it does really buzz your noggin i mean i made silicone pillows for the sonosphere but when you put your head right on there um you can feel your brain like vibrating against your skull and it is the weirdest sensation you have ever had um i don't know if how many people know that the surface of the brain actually has no pain sensors so you can't you can't feel um like pain or you can't you can't literally feel your brain like you but you can feel like 
your your skull has sensors so you're like you're feeling something in there rattling against your skull but it's on the inside where none of us are used to that feeling it's the weirdest freaking feeling (laughs) um it's just so weird um but yeah the we um so basically it's all about the volumes you gotta you got we just gotta keep the volumes under control so like if somebody were to come in and just like crank them yeah you could hurt yourself you could hurt your ears you we, we might have you know you could probably make your ears bleed like i don't know bad things would happen it's just so we want to keep the the resonance you know under control using volumes and um you know the the fundamental frequency is the strongest one so once we get that one dialed in then we do some simple math and i do mean very simple um to figure out the other the other notes that we're going to play because we, we play a chord basically so it's like we can choose octaves we can choose harmonic fifths harmonic thirds harmonic sevenths uh diminished chords i mean you name it any chord that you can play on a piano you can play on the sonosphere in a vibrational like literal physical vibration that's incredible so you could feel the vibration of th- let's say a chord for instance three notes so you can feel yeah. the root the fifth and the and the octave yep and and really? we have four we have four banks so um the next the next sonosphere i want to put five um because i've been reading some really trippy stuff about um cell regeneration when it's exposed to five frequency chords what? Um, which is um the work of robert buchanan um, he's passed away now, but he's a cymatic sound sound healing uh, pioneer, and he's somebody that I've uh, looked up to for a really long time. So yeah, he's all about the five the five part harmony, um, and I I tried four, um, also mainly because it was you know within my realm of affordability. <laughs> um, adding a fifth, yeah, adding a fifth like adds another amplifier. It adds more sound equipment it adds a lot of stuff it ups the price um for manufacturing so i wanted to keep it you know reasonable at first but i'm especially when it comes to the long-term studies when we're doing more like healing stuff i want to get like the mega ultra healing sonosphere then i'm going to do the five um pull the training wheels off uh, absolutely. Yeah. And then you have to have one in the R&D budget where there's one that you just have over and you can make it as pretty or as whatever as you want and just like put a watermelon on it and see if you can explode it and like find the resonant <laughs> frequencies of shit just to make explode. And that's part of your R&D budget. Okay. We'll right. Exactly. That's going to be the fun part. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, somebody was like, um, you should make a video and put salt on the sonosphere and yes. like get all the cymatic patterns. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So we tried that. And guess what? It didn't work. Why didn't it work? Because well, you and it was a single like, tone. It was so disappointing. Uh, we used a single tone actually. Um, but why it didn't work is because the salt is infinitesimally small mass compared to the mass of the platform itself. It's actually really stable. What about, what about creating a smaller platform that sits on top of it? So that way you don't have to move your molds or anything like that. You basically create like a walk kind of, we, you know, how we, they- thought of, we thought of doing that, but it was like, then it would just be the same as putting a speaker under because then your system becomes the bowl. You have the salt in, right? So if we really want to show what the oh, sonosphere the system does, gotcha then we got to show something else so the salt basically from the perspective of a grain of salt on the sonosphere platform it's actually a pretty substantially stable existence even during an earthquake <laughs> the, the the salt is is like uh, i'm just gonna chill because it's, there's the waves are so huge 
they just pass over the salt. So the salt right. just sat there. It didn't do anything. Um, and because I didn't build it to, to vibrate salt, I built it to vibrate humans and their, and their jello. So like it, it, I think I need like a bigger mass of jello or a bigger mass of GAC or, you know, baking soda and water or some like a non-Newtonian fluid or something. Um, then Zero I could probably fluid. get some, some cymatic, some, some cymatic patterns from something with a little bit more substance and mass. So we're going to try that next. You um, know, again, in the R and D budget, if you could like, let's say you build a four foot one, that's fine. And then have a dish that's just four foot, that that's what it is. It's basically like a shallow reservoir, maybe a few inches mm-hmm. thick that goes all the way around. So the thickness of your band, just put a, you know, like a mini Petri dish on top of it, right? Fill right. that with the particular of some kind and you could change this out, whatever it is. Because what I'm thinking here is, is because you have a spherical environment for sound going on what we have all noticed and anyone who's done study on it this is what you've done is one of a kind so this would apply to the studies done in cymatics as well anybody that's done that it's been a 2d experience what i'm thinking with you is is that if you give it some sort of depth in this and you put some material and some particular whatever in it and it spins perhaps we're going to get some 3d things like maybe some topography maybe there's yeah sort of like a sort of how uh the square in the circle is represented in a crop circle but then people see ufos that are cubes with spheres in them right and so yes, it's a smaller version exactly. of a of a different dimensional concept you exactly. have the vehicle for the different dimensional concept perhaps you know by by creating that environment for it i uh, i bet you'd find something pretty dope yeah and we we need to because that's I believe that that's what's happening already inside yes. your body, yes. but we, we can't like see it happening because it's inside you. So we want to, we want to come up with another, you know, example, another, you know, presentation where we can be like, here's something that we are resonating and it's doing this. Imagine what it's going to do to you. And maybe um, beyond the body, it does this, like our whole reality is created this way. So yes. think of like our, if you want to just say flat earth, where I'm looking at your website, I'm looking at it right now. And so your sonosphere, I'm looking at this and that's kind of a model for a flat earth type of a model with an as above, so below. You have an underworld, you have an upper world, all that. Let's just take it with the 2D here. So let's say that you have that flat experience that perhaps that this is what's going on with our entire environment. You may have just simulated everything and by different frequencies with this like let's say dish let's say that there is a certain type of material that you could put in there that does mimic sort of and can hold stable with the frequencies tuned a specific way they'll hold that form and maybe you make like a goddamn dinosaur come out of that thing and walk around anthropomorphize and walk around made of the same substance that's in this thing but based on the frequencies it animates the objects well, this is this has been done actually um, by Hans Jenny, who's one of the grandfathers of cymatics. He used um, water and also water with baking soda, which makes a, the non-Newtonian fluid um, best made famous by Nickelodeon's GAC and yeah. exploding slime. Um, so you get Absolutely. you get this sort of like um, you know high density slime essentially that um, you know will stay in shape if it's being compressed, but it will flow into a liquid if there's no pressure. Um, so then they have been able to resonate bowls of this stuff to turn into shapes that look like the back of a turtle that look like, you know, certain bugs, um, and different life forms, different larvas, different, even the beginnings of human life, even to look like the beginning of a fetus, um, growing. So there's always sound, always sound, just, just with these various overlaying frequencies, you know, 
everything was created from the first words in the Bible was talking about how God created everything with the word, you know, uh, word, exactly. everything is with this. This is fascinating, Louisa. Uh, it's absolutely. the intelligence. It's the intelligence of life. Like, right. So first, like the God came and made the firmament, like that's supposed to be step one. The firmament is made. So that's like the womb in which everything will, will live. It's the environment. Right. And then with the second step of Genesis, God created the word and then there was life. So, so what is that? That's divine intelligence. That's design. That's divine and design. And so that's why, you know, everything's fractal. Everything in nature is organically fractal. And it all is, it is self-referencing iterations of some seed, some geometrical seed idea. That's why a tree can grow from a seed. Um, and a human can grow from a single cell. Like everything that is designed divinely designed, you know, has this property of self-referencing, fractal, geometric harmony. And anything that is not from nature doesn't have that. So it to me that the presence of harmonic geometry indicates that it's, you know, it, it's in the, the divine harmonic design. So that's why when I built the Sonosphere structure and the way that I laid out the speakers and everything, it had to be geometrical quote, sacred geometry. I used that on purpose because I knew that sound was from nature. It had to be round. There ain't no square things going on in the sonosphere. Nothing on it is square. Everything on it is round because that's the divine design. So I look to nature to inform me about what would receive it the best. So it is, it is designed with that in mind. It's very much, you know, anytime you take sacred geometry, sacred proportions into your designs, you are going to get something really exquisite. You are going to get something very beyond what's been done. And, you know, I look to a future where our homes are built on these principles. I know people who are trying to make this a reality um, to where every single portion of our life and the way that we live on this earth has been taken into consideration of like what is harmonic with the natural design with the, the design of nature and the design of of how living things can be in harmony with nature and the these principles are fundamental you know sacred geometry is a design principle and i hardly ever hear people talk about it in that way people are very you know, etheric about it. They're like, oh, this is symbol. It's a sim symbolizes this, it symbolizes that. But it's this is literal. This is a literal design, you know, like um, it's a qualitative design principle that helps with structural stability. It helps with, um, you know, harmonic integration. Like I can see it as a design principle in not just art, but in industrial engineering, in um, you know, circuit board creation. If you go look at Nikola Tesla's patent illustrations, um, almost all of his inventions have this element of sacred geometry. Anything that has been powerful in our scientific history has some sacred geometry design principles. And, um, you know, side note, if any artists out there or designers are listening to this right now, you are the architects of the future. I, I encourage all artists to, you know, come off the wall 
you know, paint is awesome. Drawing is awesome. But if you have those skills and you have that connection with the muse, we need you. This, this planet needs you. The, our human, human family and the way that we live, we need you to come off the wall and start applying your divine spark to our, to our harmonic way that we live amongst each other and with nature. We need those visionaries and those designers to come out and start just, this is an overhaul and it's a huge, it's a huge effort. It's a group effort. And we all have to put in, we all have to help to redesign from the bottom up our infrastructure and the way that we live. And it's, it's part of all of our sacred charge to do that and to work together. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. My God, I was looking forward to this, and then this just keeps getting more incredible. <laughs> I'm just going to say the word incredible seven more times in a row. You know, another thing that I really, really um, love about this and about you and your approach and what you said about artists, everything you just said there, I'm just still uh, enjoying that. It, it's still playing. Is, you know, you're, you're influenced by... I mean, every, all the right things, I'll say that, because you, you've seen, it seems like it all, but you're influenced by all the right things. Because even in with your machine, like it could look like a pile of dog shit and still be the coolest damn thing and the most therapeutic thing ever. But that's not you, because same thing with me. That's not us. We're, <laughs> we're big into the presentation. And so with you, though, also with your, you know, you could see the contact, the movie contact, like we talked about in our meeting, the movie contact influence on your design. But it's so beautiful. Like it's gorgeous it's an artistic design like if you just walked by and just saw it you'd be like oh my god that's the dopest thing i've ever seen and hang on it can do what like that's how you feel about this and that's it's truly remarkable like you're just unbelievable i just can't believe this i'm, I'm again still still really really impressed with you so um we we are going to cut it here uh i i want to get your final thoughts though and like give you the final word here uh on just what gives you hope like what brings you forward into the to wake up every day to keep doing this shit to you know to keep a smile on your face like that to keep doing this what is that well it's hard um because it is a rough time right now um on planet earth and and also for all of us just economically um climate change and and just there's so many things that are right on the edge like right on the precipice of like maybe not working out and like um, that's really scary in a real way. And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of danger that's eminent. There's a lot of darkness that's eminent. Um, and it gets to me sometimes most definitely. Um, but the biggest thing that keeps me going is simply that I'm still here. And I know that if my soul didn't like, I didn't come for the disaster, I came for the transformation. I came for the evolution. So if I'm still living and breathing and my heart is still beating, then I'm, I know that we're not done. We didn't fail. As long as I'm still here, we didn't fail yet. So um, every day I, I go out thinking, you know, um, the second that the tables tip and humanity's screwed, I will just pass away. Like I'll just get hit by a bus or something because it's just not in the cards anymore for my soul. My soul came here for the ultimate grand finale. So, um, you know, I just keep, <laughs> I just keep following those chills and um, just having gratefulness for my life and for my breath and my heart. And just knowing that if I'm still here, um, I'm still going to be a lamp holder. I'm still going to hold the lamp so that other people can find me, find the others, find the way, 
um, activate the other pioneers. There's all these pioneers out there. Some people don't even know that they're a pioneer. Um, I just need to, I just need to keep activating, um, the pioneers and find the others. And that's, that's the main thing. And, uh, you know, now that we have the internet and we have these ways to like reach out and connect and we can actually hold hands across distances and do huge groundbreaking projects across distances. Um, we're only getting more tools to become a stronger force. So, um, you know, if I'm, if I get down, I just go to them. I go to my friends. I go to my community for support. Um, I go to the drawing board. I get excited about the future designs. I start asking myself, you know, how can I evolve this? If I feel stuck, if I'm out of chess moves, I know that it's not my place to go trying to find the next move that somebody's going to come to me. If, if, if you're out of chess moves, you're going to be contacted. You're going to, you're going to see the next step. It's going to come out at you because you literally, you can't do anything else. So you just wait. And in those times where you're waiting and the impatience is just really getting to you, you know, that's your time to just enjoy your life. Enjoy the moment. Don't worry about it. Something's going to come. So, um, you, Brandon, reaching out to me to do this, you know, that was during one of those moments where I was just like, wow, I don't know what to do now. I made the thing. What's next? Um, being on here has been really inspiring. It's been really awesome to talk um, about all these things that are just in my heart and mind all the time and, you know, get them out. So thank you very much for having me. It's It's been really fun. It's all a pleasure right here. Uh, Louise Firethorn, all the ways to find you, everything uh, that the, that you put out on the internet that you want the folks to find will be located down in the show notes. I just can't tell you how remarkable you are. You don't need to hear it uh, any more than I've already said it, but <laughs> truly mean it. I'm so grateful for you and your time. You and I have so much more to talk about. Uh, so thank you again for everything. Honestly, this is truly Thanks, remarkable. Brandon. You're awesome. I really appreciate you. Banger after banger after banger. These shows just keep getting better. These conversations keep blowing my mind even more. I keep meeting the most incredible people. Louisa Firethorn, thank you so damn much. This was awesome. Thank you so much for keeping our streak going here. Uh, TheSonosphere.com, her Instagram, her Facebook, as well as her TikTok will be located down in the show notes. You guys make sure that you check her out. Thank you so much, Charlotte. That was incredible. We have so many more things to talk about. You will be invited back. All right, while you guys are in those show notes down there, check out our affiliate links. We have Food Forest Abundance, Get Your Freedom From Fear On, guys. Opus, the organization for paranormal understanding and support. If you are like, you know what, I'm done with the stagnancy, I'm ready to level up, there's a link down there that reads The Manifestor's Guide, and at checkout, type expanding reality, all caps, no spaces, and that is how you seriously level up right there. All right, guys, in those very same show notes, you can find the link that reads expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is our mothership, and that is the very place that you could sign up to become an expansive insider. And that's where all of our expansive insider content is hosted. We have a ton of bonus stuff over there. Just had my Akashic Records read with Rachel Horton White and got super emotional. I cried like three or four times. It was amazing, though. It was freeing and incredible. Also, uh, my wife's been on a couple episodes with us over there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, incredibly fun, actually. And it's a wonderful way to support the show. If you want to participate in Value Exchange, you find value in this and you're like, I just want to donate and give back. How can I do that? There's a link down there that reads support the mission. And that is absolutely how you get it done. And thank you, everybody, for participating in that. All right, guys, so go out into this incredibly amazing place, whatever the hell this thing is, and y'all pick up a piece of litter. 
be nice to everybody that you come across. Just pleasantries is not dead, you know, please and thank yous, all that kind of shit. Uh, buy somebody in line a coffee or a meal if you really want to step your game up there. Also, if you are driving along, minding your own business, and you happen to be in the left-hand lane and somebody comes up behind you, just scoot on over. Just scoot on over one lane. Uh, you can take the shoulder if you'd like. Just get out of that lane. Let that person move on behind you, and then and then you can move on by. So uh, that is a great way to raise the vibe. And above all and anything else, guys, go out into this incredibly beautiful place, and y'all just be good to one another. Just be good to one another, you know. I love you all. Bottom of my heart. Fucking serious. Love you all. Thank you for watching, listening, engaging, and just being the coolest motherfucking sons of bitches ever. We'll see you next time. <laughs>